Welcome to the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. My name is Andrew James Brown and I'm the minister of the Unitarian Church in Cambridge, UK. Knowing that full scope always eludes our grasp, that there is no finality of vision, that we have perceived nothing completely and that, therefore, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk, I hope that, on occasions, you'll find here a helpful liberal, religious and philosophical reflection that encourages you to journey through life, making footprints rather than blueprints. Welcome. Founding a true commonwealth upon a real common wealth. A short thought for the day offered to the Cambridge Unitarian Church as part of the Sunday service of Mindful Meditation. Last week, using a story found in the Gospels of Luke and Mark, I explored with you the asymmetry that Jesus saw existing between those who were financially wealthy and those who were financially poor. Let's hear the story from Luke once again. It's chapter 21, verses 1 to 4, and in the translation by David Bentley Hart. Quote, And looking up, Jesus saw the rich putting their offerings into the treasury, And he saw a certain impoverished widow there putting in two lepta, i.e. two coins of the lowest value. And Jesus said, I tell you truly that this destitute widow put in more than all. For all of these donated their gifts out of their abundance. But this woman donated out of her poverty all the livelihood she possessed. Today I want to tease out from this story something else related to wealth that Jesus has seen. When the word wealth is keyed to money and or finance, as I explicitly did last week, it is obvious that the rich are wealthy and the poor are not. And, as I hope I showed, Jesus is deeply concerned with the cruel financial asymmetry that existed in his own age, and which today in the neoliberal project has only grown far, far worse. That asymmetry needed urgently to be addressed then, and it needs to be urgently addressed by us today. However, despite wishing it were otherwise, it would be delusional were we not to acknowledge that within our own culture there is something about financial wealth that communicates to many, many people the idea that it must be respected. And this, in turn, brings with it a tendency to honour and raise up those who are rich rather than honouring and raising up the poor. Even the most cursory reading of the tabloid press daily reveals this unpleasant tendency in spades. Jesus seems to have seen this tendency clearly. And so it's important fully to realise that Jesus' critique of asymmetric financial wealth depends ultimately upon understanding that we must not key the word wealth to money, but to something else. Something ineffable shared by all people and all things. Although in Jesus' own first-century radical Jewish illuminating vocabulary, this ineffable something is most often given the placeholder names of Father or God, in his usage, they are names used to gesture towards the ineffable dimension of existence which cannot be captured by descriptive language and which escapes all attempts to put it to work, either in the economic series of production or in those of citizenship, technology, science, social roles, and so on. It can, perhaps, most universally be gestured towards simply by calling it life. 
This life, this ineffable, always flowing and fluxing something shared by all things that have been, are and will be, this is our true wealth. And simultaneously it is no one's, and yet it is everyone's. It is truly a common wealth. Borrowing an insight from the contemporary Italian philosopher Federico Campagna, I think that what Jesus wants us to see again and again is that within every individual there is an incredible abundance of wealth which deserves the same respect and privilege that is usually assigned to other inferior types of wealth. And this is why financially poor and powerless people like the widow continually show up to Jesus as being the truly wealthy because it is they who most often and often most fully reveal the ineffable abundance of life that is truly the common wealth. This can be seen particularly clearly in the first of the Beatitudes, which in Luke 6.20, again, it's the translation by David Bentley Hart, reads, quote, How blissful the destitute, for yours is the kingdom of God. Unquote. It's important to realise that the Greek word makarios, which is often translated into English as meaning blessed, happy or fortunate, can also be translated as prosperous. However, the prosperity and wealth, which is the pause, is not money, but the aforementioned abundant, ineffable life of all things. It is by coming to know that this is theirs that Jesus suggests a person can begin to experience a genuine sense of divine or heavenly bliss. Hence, how blissful the destitute, for yours is the kingdom of God. This realisation is, of course, possible for all people, whether financially rich or poor. But, as Jesus says elsewhere in the Gospel of Luke, quote, How hard for those possessing wealth to enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to enter through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Unquote. Anyway, in short, the story of the widow's might can, I think, be taken as Jesus helping us to see that to bow down and show respect to financial wealth and abundance is, at root, an act of idolatry. Whereas to bow down and show respect to life, that ineffable always flowing and fluxing something shared by all things, that is a genuine religious act which truly expresses our gratitude towards the true common wealth, and which can always help us to be building a real common wealth on earth, that community which Jesus once named the kingdom of God. Let those with ears hear, those with eyes see. And that brings us to the end of this edition of the Making Footprints, Not Blueprints podcast. So, farewell for now, and remember, tomorrow a new walk is a new walk. See you on the path.